Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. I'm glad that you're tuned in to today's program. You just heard that number where you are invited to call in and ask your questions and give your prayer requests. Let me give it to you again. It's 303-690-3000, and that'll get you to me, Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, with you for today's Calvary Live, and I would encourage you, give me a call if you have opportunity. I'd love to talk with you, love to answer your questions, encourage you, pray with you. And so 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, and call early, call now. The open lines are there, and uh, we want to be able to go to those phone lines as soon as they start ringing. So I'd love to be able to just uh, talk with you, encourage you, as I said, and pray with you, those of you who have need uh, and requests in the uh, whole area of prayer. And we're invited to come to our Lord. He invites us to do that and uh, come to the throne of grace in time of need. I want to welcome all those who are listening in on Grace FM, Colorado, along the Front Range. It's another uh, just beautiful day here in Colorado, and the days are short, and I can look out and see the geese flying overhead and also see that the sun is, is setting. Uh, but you know, as we're in this season, and perhaps it's a season where you feel like it's it, it there's just more darkness than light, uh, like these short days, uh, we want to be able to encourage you and tell you that the light of the world, Jesus Christ, loves you and that he's with you and his promises are true for you. So give me a call. That call-in number again, 303-690-3000, the call-in number. We got all open lines right now. Grab one of those open lines. And let's talk about the things of the Lord, and let's go to the Lord uh, in the needs that you have. I want to welcome all those who are listening Radio by Grace throughout the country. Some of you, you're listening. It's evening time. It's after 6 on the East Coast. You're listening live. Love to talk to you as well. And so glad that you guys have become a part of our Calvary Live family. And then those on the East Coast as well, Hope FM and Truth FM, uh, give me a call at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And the text line uh, is another way for you to be able to communicate with us. It's a different number, and that number is 720-336-0897. And I'll repeat those numbers throughout the show, but I would encourage you to get those two numbers in your contact, and uh, and you can just pull it up as you have um, you know, need to give us a call or your desire to text us. And we'll go to the text line if we have time and uh, to fill in the, the time with questions and prayer requests as well. But I really would like to talk to you. 303-690-3000. High Rock Radio in Idaho, you two are a week delayed. Welcome. And then those of you that are listening online, uh, we want to uh, welcome you as well, the online audience growing uh People from all over the country listening, anywhere in the United States, that number works. And then also, we just want to um, welcome all those who are listening internationally. We welcome you to today's program. So give me a call. 
all open lines right now. Love to hear from you. I know it's a busy time of the year as we're headed towards Christmas. It's the 6th of December. I pray that you're doing well. And this is a very special time of the year for us as Christians, but also it can be a very difficult time of the year for people as well. And and certainly I, I um, have seen it just talking with people even in the last week that are just going through loss, going through difficulties, feeling the stress of the world around them and circumstances. And we want to pray with you and encourage you any way that we can. And uh, it can be a hard time, maybe feeling isolated or uncertain as we're going to be entering into a new year. Uh, We just want to bless you in any way and pray with you and encourage you. And I do want to read to you from Isaiah. During this season of Advent, uh, I want to read some scripture to you that pertains to the coming of Jesus. And I read to you from Isaiah chapter 7 that the promise was given, the prophecy given that, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us, to remind us that God is with us and he hasn't forsaken us. And at that time that Jesus was born, 700 years later after that promise was made, that I'm sure that the people were thinking, especially after 400 years of the silent years, where there wasn't a prophet in the land, that the people were thinking, Lord, are you with us? And we want to just be able to encourage you that God is with you. And then in chapter 9 of the book of Isaiah, that we have the promise that for unto us a child is born and a son is given. And that right there is an amazing verse, because the Father gave the Son, He gave the Son freely. The Son came freely for us, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so uh, we just have a wonderful Savior uh, who came to this world, was given to us to give us hope. And there's a lot of people that are losing hope in this world. Give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number again. Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado with you uh, on today's show of Calvary Live. 720-336-0897 is the text line. And so love for you to text. In the meantime, as you're uh, grabbing the phone lines or considering calling, we're going to go to Chris in Fort Collins. Hey, Chris. Oh, you're thank on- you. I have got a question for you today. And okay. I hope you can explain it. Um uh, doing my Bible reading today, and then there was a reference to getting a new name in heaven, and there's something about a white stone as well. If you could expound on that and explain it. Well, I think I, that's from the book of Revelation, right? It is, Revelation 2. And it is concerning the persecuted church, the church of Smyrna, if I am thinking right. Uh, it didn't make any reference to that. I think it was in 2.17, um, chapter 2, verse 17. Well, actually, um, it is the comp- compromising church. Excuse me. Jesus, when he's writing these these letters to the seven churches, there are seven literal churches in proconsular Asia. And as he's writing to them, he would begin to write to them about commend them on the things that they were doing well, as you notice in these seven letters. He would uh, correct them on the things that needed to be corrected. And then he would say to him who overcomes, you you read that phrase and you read it in all seven letters. And, you know, we hear that word overcomer a lot, don't we? 
Uh, we hear that uh, phrase of uh, overcomers, but First John five five. You might want to note that gives well, us the definition. It didn't mention anything about Smyrna. It was just I. I took it that it was all believers who went into heaven. Well, yeah. In what he's doing there is he writes to these seven churches. So in verses twelve through seventeen, that's that literal a literal letter that Jesus wrote to the church. And he's speaking to that church. It has application to all of us. But he says to them, this is, you know, the things I have against you. You've taken the doctrine of Balaam, right, uh, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block. Um, you hold to the doctrine of Nicolaitans, which is a doctrine that rules over the people. He says, repent. And then he says to him who overcomes, and there's always a promise given to each one of these seven churches, which is a promise to the believers. And he goes on to say, I'll give him a white stone. That's what you're asking about. And a stone, a new name written on whom no one except him who receives it. So your question is that promise that is given to us as we become overcomers. And the reason I'm kind of giving you the definition of an overcomer is because those who believe in Jesus is Christ, who's a believer in Jesus Christ, that's the definition of an overcomer. So you're right, it is believers, but he's writing this in the midst of this uh, letter to them. And as he gives this promise, the ancient world, they used to use white stones. Um, it could be a ticket to a banquet. It could be a sign of friendship. It could be evidence of having been counted or um even they would use it as being acquitted in a court of law. So I think that perhaps Jesus has uh, one of these meanings in mind, but we know that it's the assurance of blessing. It's the assurance that we have salvation that comes in our belief in being an overcomer. And then he goes on to say, on a stone, a new name is written, which no one knows except him who receives it. And uh, the meaning of new um it is probably a believer's new name when we get to heaven. Um, and what that name's going to be, I don't know. It'll be interesting. But um, the idea is this new name that is shown that's, uh, it has something to do with our relationship with Christ. Um, we don't know exactly what is being said there, but it's very interesting, isn't it? Well, it is, because my husband says, well, I thought we were supposed to know each other in heaven, but if we got a new name, yeah. Um, well, that's yeah, a little and, confusing. Well, I, and I don't think we'll be confused in heaven because you're right. Because First Corinthians thirteen tells us that for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. And when we go to heaven, whether we get this new name, I think that the important thing is. <laughs> That new name simply is an assurance that we are going to go to heaven, that we belong to the Father. I don't think in heaven we're, we're going to be walking around with name tags uh, so we can know each other. We're just going to be, as we're in our glorified bodies, we're going to know one another. And the new name, exactly what does that mean? Um, we'll be given a new name, but we're going to be given a new body. Everything is new in heaven. So I think, you know, it's not going to be confusing at all. But I also believe, Chris, that our relationship with one another is going to be so much more glorious. 
and wonderful and perfect than anything that we can experience here on this earth. So those are the things that you want to keep in mind. So the white stone signifying that, you know, we have uh, that uh, entrance into heaven. It speaks of an overcomer. Um, we've been acquitted uh, because we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And that new name just uh, signifying once again that we belong to him. Um, and I think that's what I like to take away from that text. Hmm. Okay. Thanks. Good question. Good question. Keep right. reading. Thank you. Bye-bye. You bet. You bet. 303-690-3000. We got an open line, so I'd love to be able to to answer your questions. And, you know, these promises, Jesus wrote to the seven churches, and he would uh, say, I know your works, and he knows our works. And we do know that um, he would give a promise to those churches, to those who overcome, those who are believers, and that that's for us. And it's wonderful to look at this and um, to look at those promises that will be given to us as we will be going to heaven as Christ um as we believe in him. And so it's a good study, interesting study. Uh, got an open line. The text line, let me give you that, 720-336-0897. But we're going to go to Alabama, to Sydney. Hi, yes, Sydney. How you doing? I'm good. You're on Calvary Live. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for receiving my call, Pastor. Uh, I just I want prayers for, you know, all my circles, people around, my family. But I want one question, and I think it might be a good one, because mm-hmm. why they keep saying, the preachers keep saying, um, Jewish is like one nation is Jewish, but God only makes two people. To me, we are Jewish. But why is it they keep saying it's only like one tribe or one nation is Jewish? Why, why is that? I want to know. I well, I'm know not sure exactly. for me. Well, I'm not sure so exactly why. Adam, Adam and Eve only. So how come? Well, okay. <laughs> Here, I'm going to try to answer it the best I can. Okay, Sydney, yes. because all right, we're all de- yeah. we're all descendants of Adam and Eve. Um, you know, and because of Adam, because of his sin, we all have sin and death that has come to each man because we're all descendants of Adam. But God also made nations. And he chose Israel to be the nation, descendants of Abraham through Isaac, Jacob, and um, to be the nation that he chose, that he would speak to and make a covenant with there in the uh, Old Testament. So as you read the Old Testament, really the nations were divided up into two groups. There was the the uh, Israel, and then there's the Gentile nations. And so the God did establish nations, and he did establish the Jewish nation as his people chosen. He said, I didn't choose you because you're uh, greater or grander or, or stronger or mightier than anyone else. It's because of my love. And he chose to, to work through Israel to give the promises and establish them as God's chosen people. But also we know that even clear back in the book of Genesis with Abraham, that the Lord said, because Abraham, they, and he makes this very important point in the book of Romans and in the book of Galatians, that through your seed, that is singular, the seed being Jesus Christ, that all the nations will be blessed. And so our connection to Abraham, because the Jews would say, hey, we're a nation that were descendants of Abraham. They would boast in that. 
Paul comes along in the New Testament, and he would say that the, the real link to Abraham is through faith, because Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And through the promise given to Abraham, through your seed singular, that is the seed being Christ, that all the nations will be blessed, and that the Lord would bring salvation to the Gentile nations as well. So in the old in the scriptures, it's divided up in, as Jews and Gentiles. And then Paul goes on to say there um, in the New Testament in Ephesians, he's broken down the wall of separation. Uh, he says in Galatians that we're, there's neither Jew nor Greek now. There's neither slave or free or male or female. We're all one in Christ. And that's the message that he gave to them. So hopefully that kind of helps out a little bit, Sydney. Believe okay. We are one in Christ because there's only two yeah. people, and He made us only two. So, yeah, we we're one in Christ. It's kind of it's kind of confusing yep. to me because we supposed to be all Jewish, but you say they divide us, so He divided us to Jews and Gentiles. But I and see, and see, one of the I things why 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 well I can't okay. question why is that. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, so, and exactly. I but I think that I think, that, I think that. you're. You're kind of on the right track because he does come along and say there's neither Jew nor Gentile. And I think that's what you're saying. There's neither Jew or Gentile, free or slave, male or female. We're all in Christ because he's, there's only one body of Christ. And now, really, the separation is between believers and unbelievers. And that is the separation that we see and that we're to be a light to the unbelievers. But, Sydney, I want to pray for your family and um, and just understanding the, the Bible, and I commend you in reading. Just keep reading, and the Lord's going to minister to you those things, that uh, truth and understanding. And um, and I just I just thank you for your question. So, Lord, I pray for Sydney. I just pray as he's thinking about these things, um, that, Lord, that you would just help him to grow in your word, I pray that you help him to grow in understanding of the scriptures and um Lord as he reads the word the Holy Spirit is there to be his teacher and Lord that uh I pray that you would just uh use him to be a voice of truth to others as well and to minister to them so uh bless his family bring his family you know his family families are important to you and that you would draw them all to you Lord and I just pray that um that Sydney would be a light to them in every way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks, Sydney. Appreciate it. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. I believe we got a couple open lines. Text line is 720 Let's go to Logan and Clovis. Logan? Hello. How are you? Good. I was like, Good. I was listening to that last call, and I was just, it kind of, uh, so, so when God was saying that Abraham was going to be blessed, was that because the Messiah was going to come through that line? So then well, that way Messiah would end up, yeah, and you know, clear back in Genesis chapter 3 that we see that God gave, first gave the promise of Messiah, you know, that would come as, um, you know, they had sinned in a garden, uh, by the sweat of your brow you shall till the land and eat your bread, and, and they lived in a fallen world all of a sudden. 
but God didn't leave them without any hope. And as he was uh, speaking, he said that that it's going to be where I'm going to put in between, between you, he's speaking to the serpent, and, and the woman, and between um, your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And so <clears throat> between your seed and her seed, uh, speaking of Messiah, and then Abraham, who believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. In Genesis chapter 22, what we know is that because Abraham believed God and Abraham was obedient to God, that he uh, would receive the promise as he was told that through your seed, Abraham, the seed being Christ, the seed singular is what Paul emphasizes in the book of Galatians, that all the nations of the world will be be blessed. So our link to Abraham is not just a physical link, that's that's the Jewish nation, because the promise of the covenant that God made with Abraham, that I'll make you a great nation, would go from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob, and then, of course, to Moses, the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, that's where the, the physical descendants came. But Paul's making the point in the New Testament that the more, more important link is by faith, the, 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 the link that we have in Abraham by faith, and that the promise was made that all the nations shall be blessed. So that's kind of the, the text that's being talked about, because they would question what Paul was saying about having to keep the law and and their early church was really struggling uh, with salvation going to the Gentiles, and they uh, had to get that settled, and they need to understand that there is no more Jew or Gentile, slave or free, or uh, we're all one in Christ, and this thing called the church is going to consist of both the Jews and the Gentiles. So he's showing them from Scripture that that promise was made even to them back back in Genesis chapter 22. So hopefully that helps you understand that. Well, it was, okay. It's more about like did 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 Jesus come from that line? Like yeah, Jesus Jesus yes. was a Jew, and right. um, and of course there's the physical descendants. And one of the things you can read in John's Gospel is the religious leaders they would boast, well, we're Abraham's descendant, and because they were questioning his authority, you know, by what authority and whose authority do you do these things? And Jesus said that my authority comes from the Father. So, you know, he was Jewish uh, from the tribe of Judah, but right. he came from the Father. And he says, my, you know, I came from the Father. And that just made the religious leaders um, angry, because how dare you call him Father, first of all? And because they reverenced the name of God so much that when the scribes would write the name, that is Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, they didn't put any vowels in the name of God to make it unpronounceable, but uh, they reverenced it. They wouldn't dare speak the name of God, but the scribes, when they would write the name, capital L-O-R-D, that you read in the Old Testament, they would put their pen down and they would go and they would wash themselves so they reverenced the name of God so much, and here comes Jesus saying, I came from my Father. My Father and I are one. I do nothing apart from my Father. Everything that I do, I do according to the will of the Father, and they did not like that. 
And they were upset about that. And even they were going to stone him, as you read John's Gospel, uh, that Jesus said, by why, what works do you stone me? Because Jesus then would make the claim that just as as Abraham uh, was, um, I am. He made that statement of deity that I am the God who spoke to Moses out of the burning bush, Exodus as we know that God would say that I am that I am when Moses asked, what's your name? And so he claimed to come from God, more than just a physical descendant of Abraham. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm, I kind of got off my, my original question was about uh, when God gives people over to a debased heart, is that permanent or is that just until he knows that we're going to realize Kind of well, it's not. A, yeah, it's it's not a good place to be. And Paul's right. writing about a debased mind in um, in Romans chapter one. He's talking about what's you know the a condition of mankind that instead of worshiping the Creator, they they uh, they worship the the creation, professing to be wise, they become fools, changing mm-hmm. the glory of the incorruptible God to image made like corruptible man. And so God gave them up to their uncleanness and lust of their hearts and dishonored their bodies among themselves. So that's what he's talking about. And he's talking about how where man, when he suppresses the truth that is evident in creation, that the invisible attributes, that there is a God, then they're given over to a debased mind. Um, we know that in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, that we we know that um, something similar is given there, um, as we know that Paul would write that um, that with the coming of the lawlessness one, for this reason God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. So he's talking about delusion at the base mind because they've rejected God. Now is that permanent? They cannot come to the Lord. Um, you know, it's not a good place to be, uh, right. but that's why we want to keep praying for people, that their eyes would be open, um, that their uh, ears would be open to the things of the Lord, and um, that the Lord would just be able to touch their hearts. But it's not a good place to be. So it's all part of the warfare that we pray for the people that we know well, it's choices. Okay. It's choices that we make. And, you know, again, well, that Paul would write in Romans chapter 1, professing to be wise, they become fools. And they exchange the truth of, of God for a lie, and that's what they're doing. And for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. Here's the thing, that God will not force his way into our lives. He doesn't half Nelson us, you know. Uh, he's not a wrestler. Um, to where he forces us. We're not puppets, but he will keep convicting and convicting because the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to judge the world of sin and judgment and righteousness. And so the Holy Spirit is there, but man can harden his heart just as Pharaoh did. He hardened his heart, he hardened his heart, he's hardened his heart. And then it says that God hardened his heart. And people have a hard time with that. But here's the thing. God was confirming what what. Pharaoh had already done like eight times that he hardened his heart and he's hardened his heart and God will not always strive with man. And there comes a point where man hardens his heart. I don't know exactly where the line is, 
but he hardens his heart so much that he won't come to the Lord and is not a good place to be. So that's why we always want to just keep praying for people, evangelizing people, uh, keep ministering to them. And um, and there's a lot of people that are hearts are so hard towards the Lord. And, and um, you know, we want to we want to not give up. We want to always keep praying and stuff, but it's speaking about how man rejects the truth of God and uh, begins to believe the lie and begins to believe and change the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. And it's not a good place to be is what is being talked about. So we're coming to break, Logan. I appreciate you always calling. God bless you. And we do have an open line. So give me a call. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And then the text line, 720-336-0897. I'll be right back. Jeff Figs with you on Calvary Live on the other side of the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. You just heard those two numbers where you can be a part of the show, the call-in number and the text line. So give me a call. We got an open line or text me a question or prayer request. So good to be with you. Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley here with you in the second half of the show today on Tuesday, the 6th of December. Pray that the Lord is just um, has his hand upon you and bringing you comfort and blessing and want to be able to help uh, bring blessing to you as you're listening to the show. If you call in, if you give us a text question, ask for prayer. We're going to go to the phone lines in just a second, but I just want to uh just give a quick reminder that as we find ourselves in this season of Christmas and coming on us in, uh, you know, less than three weeks, that uh, really pray about how you can reach out to somebody uh, this Christmas season, maybe in a very practical way, maybe making some cookies or something for your neighbor or uh, a friend that's just hurting and a card of encouragement, uh, just to call somebody and pray. I think sometimes we use, you know, um, texting and all that, which is fine. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'll tell you what, there's nothing like a, a handwritten card or there's nothing like a personal visit or a phone call to be able to call somebody and say, hey, I was just thinking about you and I want to pray for you, just checking up on you. It means the world to people. And I, I pray that, first of all, that we would just uh, really pray about how we can reach out to others during this Christmas season because it can be a difficult time for many. Um, and going through um, just <clears throat> heartache or stress or or challenges or whatever the case may be. Second of all, that many of you that your churches are having special Christmas Eve services and invite somebody to those services that they can be encouraged as we uh, celebrate the birth of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, to hear the gospel, invite them. And I know we get busy with family and, and gatherings and wrapping presents and baking and, and all the other things that need to be done. As we near Christmas, there's shopping, there's school to be uh, you know, finished and projects and work projects and all these things. 
but really pray about how can I take time to many churches have an invite card um, to invite somebody to say, hey, I'd love to see you at Christmas Eve. I'd love for you to come and worship with us as we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And I just want to encourage you in that way. Hey, we got an open line. Grab one of those open lines. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And then the text line is 720-336-0897. We're going to go to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, to Garth. Garth? Yes. You're on Calvary Live. Yes, I am. And my left hip is very, very painful. I've been painful for, for about a week or two. And I'm going to doctor tomorrow to see what he can do about it. But I need prayer for that. It's very painful. I'm limp every day. Yeah, that's hard. And I'm so sorry you're going through it. And Father, I do pray for Garth as he has called us and we lift him up to you. He's in pain and it's it's something that's very difficult to get through the day, um, to move around, um, to just do anything. And I pray that you would bring healing to him as he goes to the doctor, uh, that he would be able to ask the questions that he needs to ask, that he would get the help that he needs. And Lord, that um, it would be, a, um, Lord, if you choose to use medical means, that it would be done in a way that... Um, that he can manage the pain. But Lord, we pray for your grace. We pray for your healing. We pray for your touch upon him. And we just pray that you would just um, do this work with Garth as he comes to you, as we come to the throne of grace, he has need, and that you would be gracious to him in bringing this healing to him. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Garth, we'll be praying, okay? Right. You bet, absolutely. All right, 303-690-3000. Maybe you have a prayer request, and and uh, we want to pray with you. Or text line 720-336-0897. We're going to go back to Pennsylvania to Kevin. Kevin? Kevin, are you there? Kevin? Okay, Kevin. I don't know Kevin dropped... Um, but Kevin had an important uh, prayer request, and I do want to pray for Kevin, um, his son in college trying to find his way. And college campuses can be very difficult uh, spiritually for our young people and um, because uh, many college campuses, and I know this because I have four adult children, and um, they all went to, to college, and my youngest is finishing uh, at the university here. Um, and we just pray that, uh, we just, um, you know, that he's finishing that as he goes out into the world, we're just thankful that he had good Christian friends and that he had a Christian ministry up there. And, uh, but it's very difficult. And, um, and then also just, just some information, Kevin's son considering change the military instead, um, you know, they're trying to figure things out and stuff. So Lord, you know what Kevin's son is going through. Um, trying to find his way, trying to make decisions maybe for his life, whether he should go into the military or not, or continue with the study. So I just pray you would guide him, you would direct him, that he would hear your voice. And Lord, just give Kevin uh, just the wisdom that he needs to encourage his son, bring counsel, godly counsel to his son. And Lord, you know the situation, so we just commit him to you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and Amen. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. 
Text line 7203360897. Got a couple open lines, so grab one of those open lines. Let's go to Sarah in Aurora. Sarah? Uh, hi, Pastor Jeff. Good to talk to you again. Well, thank you. Thanks for calling. Um, I had a question about um, your spiritual gift. Um, I go to Calvary Aurora, and Pastor Ed just went through all the spiritual gifts and figuring out what yours is, but I, I still can't figure out what mine is. After listening to all of the sermons, I see aspects of several in my life, but I still can't figure out, um, like, nothing actually stands out to me as to being a smoking gun of this is clearly where my area is. And just trying to figure out how would I better figure out where my gift or gifting lie. Yeah, and I know that Pastor Ed did a teaching on spiritual gifts. It's such an important teaching. I can't think of, of a better teaching to receive, uh, really, than from Pastor Ed, who really takes the time and knows the importance of us understanding our spiritual gifts and going through them in detail like he did. And I said, you know, it's, it's interesting that you listen to them. But I think, Sarah, as you pray that the Lord's going to show you. And I think that he shows us our gifts <clears throat> in, in a supernatural, natural way. And what I mean by that is, you know, how is it that you're wired? What is it that you're interested in? Uh, what is it that you gravitate to? Do you gravitate towards serving others? Do you have a real heart to, to, and maybe you got the gifts of help in serving others? And that could take on, because remember that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, or chapter 12, excuse me, that he said, there's diversity of gifts. And, and Pastor Ed went through all those gifts and the same spirit, but differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there's diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. So in other words, you can have the gift of teaching. Do you like teaching others? But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be teaching a lady study, maybe because there's different diversities of of using those gifts and activities that you are wired to where you really love teaching children. Or maybe it is with youth, or maybe it's ladies, if you have the gift of teaching. So I think that he, for me at least it was this way, he supernaturally, naturally uh, worked those gifts in me. It's like I was wired towards serving others. I love to serve, I love to help out, but he also gave me the gift of teaching, and and that became evident over a while. So you keep praying and you keep seeking, and, and what is it that you love to do? Do you have the gift of mercy? You know, do you have the gifts of administration? Do you have the the gift of the other service gifts that are mentioned there? He's going to show you, and he's going to work through you, um, and he's going to, you know, the, the different gifts that are, are there in the body of Christ for the edification um, and then you have, you know, you have the gifts of miracles and prophecy and all those in chapter 12. He, he uh, also mentions those gifts in the book of Romans um, that you can look at as well and keep praying for it. Uh, exhortation, do you exhort others? Uh, some people just have that gift of exhorting others um, in giving and leading and uh, showing mercy and cheerfulness. Uh, maybe you have the gift of cheerfulness. So, the Lord, I think, will show it to you. You keep praying, uh, keep looking at it, and he's going to work that gift in you, and it's going to be evident to you. Okay? Okay. Okay, yeah, thank you very much for that. And um, 
I also wanted to say to you is um, you played with me a couple of times last year after um, my, with my twin pregnancy and then after I had my twins. Um, and since it's you today, I wanted to call and tell you that I'm pregnant again, actually, quite shockingly. <laughs> so I was going to ask for prayer for that. Absolutely. How are those twins do? And I remember that. So how old are they again? And... They're 15 months now, and they're a <laughs> handful and a half. <laughs> Oh, bless you. And, and you know what? They're going to be best friends here and um, in a short time. And then you have another one. So we're going to pray for that pregnancy. But, you know, twins are special. I don't know if you remember, Sarah. I think I probably told you I'm a twin. Yeah, so, I remember. <laughs> so my mom survived it. <laughs> and <laughs> and you will. And they will be a blessing. And uh, the children are a blessing. And, Father, I pray for Sarah. I thank you for... Lord, just um, if she calls in and gives me an update, because I remember praying for her. And, and Lord, now those those twins are 15 months and um, mobile and a lot of work. And now she's pregnant again with another child. And Lord, what a blessing. And Lord, you're the one, as the psalmist David writes, that you wonderfully and fearfully make us. And Lord, as you fashion this child, that this child would be healthy and Lord, that um, we know that you know this child and that um, I pray for Sarah, that you help her through the pregnancy, that uh, you help her in taking care of the twins at the same time. Give her the strength, Lord, that she needs, the health that she needs. And Lord, I pray that um, when uh, it's time for her third child here to be delivered, that it would go as smooth as possible and Lord, go well and that uh, her and her husband would just be blessed once again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Give me updated, Sarah. Absolutely, will do. Okay. God bless you. Uh, children are wonderful. 303-690-3000 and text line 720-336-0897. And I love to see, you know, at the church here, there's all kinds of little babies in the nursery and and, you know, the sound of them, the joy, the what a privilege it is to minister to the families that bring the little ones. They're so important to us. And um, we have a number of women in the church that are going to be um, having babies here. And I just, wow, I, I love it. I love to see it in young families. And, and what a blessing. We pray for them. Let's go to Megan in Charleston, South Carolina. Hi, Megan. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Well, thanks for calling. Go ahead. So I wanted, I wanted to request prayer. Um, I'm a 42-year-old single mom. Um, I have an 18-year-old son and 11-year-old daughter and live in a state by myself without family here. And I do pretty good when I'm, you know, kids, but I, I still have my my rough patches. Um but recently, my sister and her boyfriend and her five-year-old moved to the area, and they don't have anything. They don't have a car, job, you know, furniture, clothes. They're starting off, like, from scratch. And I'm a, I'm a realtor, so I'm, I work on commission only. And it right. just seems like that... You know, I also have ministry, too. I have a Single Moms Mercy Mission um, outreach nonprofit that I've, that I've found, you know, ministry and, mm-hmm. uh, well, you know, that for other single moms. 
but I just feel so pulled and so stretched. And I'm trying to be, you know, um, I'm trying to be there for my son who's struggling with his college. He just started this year. He had a rough teenage years being raised by a single mom, so he's coming out of a lot. and He's doing great, but he needs a lot of support in his first year of college. I have an 11-year-old daughter who's going through a lot of changes in middle school and things like that that she's going through. Then I'm trying to be there for my sister with her needs being so great and trying to help her get established. Then I have my work that's very demanding, and I have to put a lot of hours in to make a you know a decent living being in real right. estate. And I don't have anybody that's there for me other than the Lord. I do pray all the time. I go to church, all of that. But a physical person, you know, to help get through these hard patches, I don't have. And sometimes, I, I mean, it's been a long time I've been in this situation, and I just feel yeah. so, I just feel yeah. so stretched and just too much. I just feel like it's way too much for me. Um, So I wanted to get prayer for strength, but also for God to bless me in a way where life does not continue to be so heavy. Chaotic. You know, it's so chaotic all the time, and I'm trying to be you know, um, there for all people, you know, my, my kids, my sister, my, you know, right. my work, the, the other single moms who are reaching out to me for help. And it's just, it gets to be a lot. It gets to be a lot, Megan. And it's here's the thing. Heavy. I, I want, first of all, for you to know, for you being a single mom and, and, you know, doing the best that you can with your kids, that you have a special place in God's heart. Okay. I have so much respect for single moms that are raising their children, that they're working, they're trying to raise their children, a lot of responsibilities, and then you come home and you don't have a husband to talk to. Um, you know, you're doing your best with them. You have a daughter who's in, in middle school, 11 years old, that is going through a lot. It's a tough age. You have a son that's 18 years old that started college, and that's a very difficult time for them as well. They're trying to figure things out. The the world is pulling on them. And then you have this ministry where a lot of people, you know, have these needs and they they come out you and then you have family. You have, you know, a sister and a boyfriend and and they don't have anything. But here's the thing for you to remember is Megan to prioritize that you are to take care of your children. You're to minister to them. And the ministry starts there, and you can't help everybody. I know the overwhelming feeling because I've even felt it over the last couple of weeks of a lot of people that, that have reached out to me or come to me or I see the difficulties they're going through, the loss they're going through, the death of a, a family member, and, and I think I barely have enough time for myself. And, and you know, but God's going to help you. And here's the thing, you can do what you can do today, but then, you know, you got to give the rest to the Lord. You can't help everybody. You can help some people, you got to prioritize, but you want to make sure that you take care of yourself, okay? Because you're working, you're ministering, you're being a mom, and um, it can be quite overwhelming. There's always a phone call to make. 
there's there's always you know a problem a challenge and you know the thing is your sister you want to help but you're not going to be able to do everything for her probably i don't know the situation but there's only so much that you can do in helping people and she has a boyfriend they're they're going to have to try to figure this out you can be there and pray for your children and lift them up to the Lord and talk with them. But it, it it is, you know, we look for balance. You know, we hear that word balance. You know, I need to find balance. I don't know if we ever find balance, but right. we do need to, we do need to prioritize. There's only so much you need to do and you can't solve everybody's problems, but your priority is with your children, with your daughter. They just need you and that encouragement. And then, you know, as you minister to others, and you're, I'm not saying your sister's not important, but, you know, her and her boyfriend, um, you know, to have nothing and not working, there's jobs out there to encourage them to do that. But you can't, you can't, you can't help everybody. Um, and that's, that's the hard part is because we want to, we want to help as many people as we can. But, you know, we're limited in time and, and energy and all of that. So you prioritize what your ministry is to your family and to others and even to your sister, what you can do. But you don't have to feel guilty um, about, you know, I, trying to to be a rescuer for everyone. And I think, you know, somebody said that to me the other day. You're kind, you, you like to be a rescue, to rescue people. And it's like, I got to give them to the Lord. Let him rescue them. And he needs to be their help. And I can help in practical ways, but, you know, I'm limited because there's only one of me and there's a whole lot exactly. of others. And there's only one of you and there's a whole lot of others. But, you know, the priority is your children. And I always tell people that ministry starts at home. And uh, sometimes they don't understand that. It starts at home with their kids and then to be able to go out from there, you know, family. But um, there's only so much you can do and then trust them to the Lord and give them to the Lord. So that's what we're going to pray. He'll help you sort through it. Okay. One other one other thing I wanted to bring up. So, like, at this, at this time, um, he, her boyfriend, got a job, and it's about an hour uh, in traffic from where we where I live. So I've been taking him to work every morning, and it's taken me almost three, two and a half to three hours to get back in the mornings, which is affecting getting my daughter on the bus and things like that. It's making her having to be more responsible and get herself ready, and then I'm just getting there about the time that you know, it's time for her to go to her bus stop. So if we could pray that since he did find a job, but I have been his, his, you know, the driver, it is way too much for me. I mean, yeah. that's before I even start my day at 530 in the morning. Every morning I'm taking him to work and picking him up. I'm on the way to pick him up right now from somewhere else. But if yeah. we could pray also that God would provide a vehicle for them where they can be a little bit more, self-sufficient that would be very helpful because it is i'm really trying to be there for them but it's really taking a toll and stressing me yeah, out i can sure. i can understand that and making one of the things i don't know where you live or if this is possible and you may already looked into this but public transportation uh, sometimes people say can you give me a ride and there's you know there's buses after buses driving by the church and all around the city that are empty and so look into that and, 
you know, those kinds of programs that they might look into. But I can see that. And and we're going to pray that the Lord just helps you sort all that through. And Father, I just pray for Megan. She's got a lot on her plate right now. I just want to lift up her son who's 18. He's at a very vulnerable age right now. And I just pray that you would help him to just, Lord, just stay close to you. Just minister to him. Bring those into his life that can help come alongside his mom, Megan, who is is wanting to just minister to him. And college is hard. It's a hard adjustment. And Lord, I just pray for her daughter as well, that you give Megan just the time to be with her and spend time and pray with her. And their ministry to other single moms, Lord, is such a hard ministry. And Lord, um, it's it's difficult. But Lord, um, I just pray that you'd help her be an encouragement to them. And then with her sister and, and her boyfriend and and all of this, that, Lord, you just bring a, a resolution to this to where she can focus on what she needs to. And, Lord, that um, that he would be able to get to transportation that he needs. So you know the situation. You know everything. I just pray you be with Megan. Just help her. Uh, be her help. Be her guidance. Um, give her wisdom. Um, give her, you know, I, I know she's probably exhausted at the end of the day. And, Lord, just to be able to do her job and, and reality is very, very competitive. Just just help her in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. The, the Bible, Megan, says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. You keep casting those cares on him. He's going to help you, okay? Okay. Sounds good. I sure will. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Let's go to let's go to Michelle and Cheyenne. Michelle, hello, hello. You're on you're on Calvary Live. Thank you, and thank you for taking my call, and thank you for you guys for doing a fantastic job of helping each and every one of us. Oh, it's a privilege. Go ahead. Um, you have a prayer request. I do. I have a prodigal daughter mm-hmm. that is very lost, and she isn't lots of pain and they can't figure out what's going on. Mm. Okay. And she's made some really bad choices in the last four months. And she's got a six-month-old baby girl to take care of. And then I've got a, a husband that believes in Jesus, but that's about as far as it gets. And um, he struggles with jealousy and bitterness. And okay. it's a struggle. It's and hard. I praise God for everything that He does in our life, in my life. I mean, He's answered prayers, and and He's just He's fantastic. And I just pray that everybody finds that. Yeah, but it's hard. It is, and you you hurt for your daughter who you love very much. Is she makes poor choices. You got a granddaughter that, um, and I, I, I just my heart breaks for you because I have a granddaughter. It's my first one, and I have good relationship with her, and she's such a blessing to me. So I know that that the hurt that you must be going through is is very deep and hard and difficult. But I want you to know this: that the Lord is there. He wants to work. We're going to pray for for your daughter, for her to come home. And that's the message of the Lord, for her to come home. And we can 
you know, cry out to him, even when we feel our hearts are overwhelmed, as the psalmist writes in Psalm 61, that the Lord will lead you to the rock that is higher than I, as David writes. And Lord, I just pray as we end the show here, thank you for Michelle calling. And I just pray that you administer to her daughter who's in a lot of pain, who's making poor choices, who has a little daughter who is Michelle's granddaughter, that she would come home. And Lord, I pray for her husband who's just the bitterness of heart, that Lord, that you would just bring peace. Lord, that you would bring Lord, just comfort to them. I pray that her daughter would come home to you. Come home to you. In the pain that she's in, that you would bring healing and restore this relationship. And Lord, that um, Michelle would be able to minister to her granddaughter. Lord, you know the situation, but Lord, I pray that you would intervene because you love families. And Lord, I just pray that you would just uh, bring the healing and the restoration and all of that, take the and work through the pain that her daughter, whatever it is, and Lord, that she would come home to you and know that that you love her, and that you want to minister to her in a very wonderful and powerful way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, Amen. Michelle, I'll be Amen. praying. Thank okay. you very much. I appreciate that. Okay. I'm so sorry. Hey, you hear the music? We had a great yep. show. Have a good Thank evening. you too, Michelle. Uh, God bless you, everyone who calls in. We're here on Calvary Live on weekdays, and so we're t- going to continue to be here to pray with you, answer your questions. Have a good evening and, and keep close to the Lord and keep trusting in Him. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.